Watching some of our recent presidential debates, an issue that has consistently come up has been the criminal justice system and the damage it's inflicted upon the African-American community. Especially in a time of such political significance, I think it's important to be able to tell the facts from the fiction. As per The Sentencing Project, a website dedicated to social justice reform, one in three black men will, at some point in their life, be incarcerated, compared to one in 17 white men. I want to examine this trend deeper and spend some time talking about incarceration rates and why they might be so high among black men. So, I've laid out the problems, but the question still stands. Why is this the case? In my research, I've come across a couple of reasons that this reality exists. First, the institution of policing is biased against African Americans. According to the NAACP, black communities have much greater police police presences than do their white counterparts. And this itself explains part of why high incarceration rates are present within African American communities. If we assume that two areas have an equal amount of crime, it stands to reason that in the one with more policing, more criminals will be caught. By policing these black communities more than similar white communities, African Americans are put in a position to be convicted of more crimes, even if the actual volume of crimes committed is equal. Furthermore, as much as we would like to believe that police officers are benevolent forces for our protection, it's important to acknowledge that they have their own implicit biases that lead to more suspicion of African American men. Black people in general are stopped by police five times more than white people, and black men two times more than black women. This inequality has a profound effect. The results of these biases are described in many notable books, and I'd like to take the time to talk about one of them. If Beale Street Could Talk, written by James Baldwin, deals heavily with the relationship between policing and the African-American community. In it, Daniel, a black man, describes the circumstances of his own arrest, recounting, They said I stole a car. Man, I don't even drive a car, and anyway, I wasn't in no car when they picked me up. Since I had weed on me, they had me anyhow. In this story, Baldwin touches upon the issues I've mentioned. Over-policing and implicit biases of police officers led to Daniel being stopped, though he had no link to the crime they were hoping to solve. Because of this, Daniel was incarcerated for something the officers hadn't even suspected him of in the first place. Additionally, Officer Bell, a white police officer, is portrayed as holding a personal grudge against Fani, one of the main characters and another black man. After a disagreement between the two that ended with Bell's embarrassment, he falsely accused Fani of raping a woman setting in action the novel's plot. The story deals with Fani's unjust incarceration due to Officer Bell's biased actions and how they affect those around him. Ultimately, due to this accusation based purely on Officer Bell's personal vendetta against Fani, Fani's father kills himself, Tish, Fani's fiance, is left alone to deal with her pregnancy, and Fani's fate remains uncertain, though it seems more than likely he will spend decades in prison. Based on real-world data and fictional anecdotes alluding to reality, such as the ones provided in Baldwin's novel, I think it's pretty clear that heightened levels of policing and the biases of officers are contributing factors to the high incarceration rates of African-American men. Blaming the implicit biases of individual cops and the unfair distribution of police officers only scratches the surface of a society that profits off the incarceration of black men. 
Money talks, and in our society, money says that imprisoning African-American men is the best way to turn a profit. This country has privately owned for-profit prisons, and there is financial incentive to keep them full. This burden has fallen disproportionately on the black male community, and not by mistake. From the founding of our country, African-Americans have had markedly less opportunities to be financially successful. Slavery took care of that prior to the Civil War and Jim Crow laws following it. As a result, the average black family has a net worth 10 times lower than the average white family, according to Brookings, a nonprofit research organization. This means that members of the black community are, are unable to afford, be, afford better lawyers and better ways to protect themselves from incarceration, starting a vicious cycle. After being incarcerated, a person's earning potential decreases drastically. After all, who would want to employ someone with a criminal record? Thus, the cycle of financial hardship and imprisonment continues, fueled by monetary incentives to keep prisons full. The easiest target? African-American men. Baldwin alludes to this issue, too, in his novel. While Tish, Fani's fiancé, tries to prevent his conviction, she has tremendous difficulty finding a lawyer, especially on the meager salaries of her family. Furthermore, instead of the traditional innocent until proven guilty, Tish describes how the burden of truth is placed upon Fani. Without money to hire a strong defense lawyer, and with testimony from both, both Officer Bell and Fani's alleged victim, this sentiment feels remarkably accurate. With the odds st stacked against him in every way, it seems like there is nothing Fani can do. Just like Fani's situation in Beale Street, many innocent black men are faced with entirely hopeless legal battles, even though they committed no crime. So where does this leave us? While finding the solutions to these problems is much harder than sitting here and talking about what's wrong, it's at the very least important to acknowledge that a number of external causes lead to higher incarceration rates among African-American men. It seems to me that systemic factors greatly contribute to this phenomenon. Higher police presence, implicit biases, and a for-profit prison system encourage the incarceration of black men rather than attempting to prevent it. This was Rajan Park, and I thank you for listening.